If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Move Your Mind. My name is Nick Brax, and this is a podcast where we have real conversations with real people and give real advice. I really love having conversations with people that at such a young age have such a high level of self-awareness. I find a lot of people in the film industry develop that because you sort of need to understand yourself and other people to, to do the job. That's what a lot of acting requires. And Talitha Bateman was such an amazing guest to have on the podcast. She was so open about her own mental health struggles and how she manages herself at, again, such a young age. And she's had a wealth of experience in the industry. She made her debut in 2013 in the middle. She starred in So Be It, The Fifth Wave, Annabelle Creation, Geostorm, Love, Simon, Countdown, and she starred in Away with Hilary Swank. I really enjoyed this episode. I can't wait for you guys to hear it. And again, if you would like to learn more, you can find the Move Your Mind book at nickbrax.com book. And if you'd like to join the Move Your Mind community, get behind-the-scenes access to the podcast, to a range of courses and learning tools, you can go to moveyourmind.me. Talitha, thank you so much for making the time to have a chat today. I've been messaging you back and forth, I think probably for like a year now or something. So no, it has been. <laughs> it's been a while and I've, I've had a few like that, but it's like so good to like finally do it. So I, I appreciate it. No, of course. I, I told my mom that today she was at the store and she had my laptop and I was like oh my god if I don't make this I'm gonna feel like the worst person in the world because I bailed on you so many times and they've been actual reasons but still I was like I have to do this today you don't understand she's just making excuses bailing on me no I no I to- totally get it and that's the thing and like and I always feel bad as well because I'm like reaching out to you and other people that I've never met and right like right. you're continually following up and you're like god this feels you know, awkward, I keep asking, but like, I get it. Everyone's busy and right. it's and just, you know, you the nature of like just before COVID too. Yeah. Yeah. After. So it was just like a really crazy time and it was like overwhelming. I was like, Oh God, I don't know if I have time for this now. So it just became like, yeah, very just overwhelming my life after that. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I mean, and we'll talk about like, I guess a bit of COVID probably in this, not, you know, not that I guess everyone's sick of talking about it, but it's like just such a part of life now, isn't it? But um, I know. yeah, it's, it's hard, just not been hard not to. Yeah. <laughs> it's just been like the, you know, most bizarre time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, before we go into all of that, I normally ask the guests just to give a bit of a, a background on themselves. So is that okay if you give like just a background on, I guess where you've come from, how you how you how you basically got to what where you are and what you're doing now. Okay, I'll try and do it like in a nutshell. Um, <laughs> in a nut, yeah, ideally. <laughs> if you 19 can. Nineteen years. Okay, here we go. Um, yep. Get so- it right. Get it right. Make it succinct. <laughs> otherwise, you know, I'm, we're going to cancel this whole interview. <laughs> so I grew up in a very small town with five brothers and two sisters. And um, then my sister started musical theater along with a good percentage of my other siblings. 
And then she really, really enjoyed it. And it became like her passion and the other siblings kind of like grew out of it and weren't really interested. And she decided to, or she pushed really hard to go to Los Angeles and start trying to act because it was something she was really interested in. And so my mom is very, she loves it when her kids have like a passion or something, she wants to make sure she pursues it the best she can. Like if I said I wanted to draw today and become an artist, she would go get me like a hundred different sketchbooks and like nice art pencils. And so that's something she's very passionate about. So then she drove her to Los Angeles, like it was for six hours for us at the time, we were six hours away. So she drove like for an audition, then she would drive back. So it was 12 hours she would drive for one audition. And then she actually started booking, my sister did, and she got like really close on big roles. And so then we ended up moving to Los Angeles. Me, my two older brothers, my older sister and my little brother, Gabriel, who's now an actor as well. So then when we were in LA and you're meeting all kinds of actors and my sister and I were running sides, I started to be like, well, I really like this too, but I don't know how to bring it up. And then my mom was like, oh, do you want to give it a try? So me and my brother went to her agency, my sister's, and they were like, oh, we don't normally sign siblings. We don't know, but just read for us and we'll see. And then they ended up signing both of us that day. So we were really excited. And then I was doing commercials for like the first year. And then, I don't know, I, I think I like went out for like, so be it or, or one of my early roles. And then I, I just started booking like more dra- dramatic roles. And then that is kind of what happened. I tried wow. to really speed up my speech there. <laughs> you what, sorry? I tried to really speed up my speech. I was like, I have to get through this. No, no, but no, that's, it's super interesting. Yes. Thank you for sharing it. I mean, um, it sounds like you've already done a lot for how young you are in the, in this industry, but um, which is, is so cool. And I, yeah, I find it really interesting as well. What you said about uh, your, you know, your mum being very open, open-minded about, you know, whatever you guys want to do, you know, okay. Like you can, let, let's let's do it you know let's like support you to try and explore and do that and I know you know in my own life and a lot of other people parents you know I probably come from a more traditional sort of yeah. parenting background where they've only known one thing and they've you know all the stuff I did you know I've gone into the entertainment industry in crazy areas but they were like fighting me against it saying don't do it you know and and that nothing against them I've got amazing parents and I know a lot of other people with that same problem um, so I guess like having that, did you, have you found that's been just such a, you know, gift having, having your mum, you know, be able to be like that, give you guys that freedom to just explore and try and, you know, find your, your path on what you want to do. Yeah. I didn't realize how privileged that was at the time or how like blessed I was because it, it was just my mom. And I was like, Oh, yeah. you know, like, yeah, she lets me do whatever I want. And we didn't have like we didn't have like any restrictions I would say or any rules growing up either we were homeschooled so it wasn't like we were with the wrong crowd or something but it was we were always like very free raised like I know that sounds weird but it was something she tried to implement in us and um I guess we did like have a rule where we weren't actually allowed technology at all and I I do prefer that now but at the time I remember thinking oh but we didn't have TVs or phones growing up. So we didn't watch a lot of films. Like I grew up on Isle of Lucy and like these old like 1980 films and stuff. But, um, but then now I meet with people and when I watched away, actually, 
and I saw some of the culture in that, like um, Lou's character. It shows like how restrictive her parents were, and they were like, "Oh, you have to go, and you have one of three fields you can go into, and you don't have a choice, basically." And there are other people I know personally like that too. And I was like, "What the heck?" And I thought that was abnormal. I didn't know I was abnormal. And so mm-hmm. it just like I came to my mom recently, and I was like, "Wow, I'm actually really grateful that you." allowed us to pursue whatever we wanted and we had no, no boundaries it was just like what whatever we wanted to do and she's just always been that way because I think her family was similar and it just made her like everything like every art form and it just made mm-hmm. her want to go into different things and she wouldn't wouldn't get in trouble for like I don't know not being disciplined in a way of like oh I like dance but I don't like it anymore I want to do this thing and it wasn't like no you have to continue with dance so it was just something she felt was important and now like I'm so so grateful for it I love that yeah no it's um it's so cool and and like you said you know the the funny thing is um you know it was normalized for you I guess growing up in that environment and then you start to sort of you know meet other people and learn about how they've been raised and you realize it's more abnormal to have um parents like like yours or that upbringing but the it should be the opposite it should be abnormal to for it to be the other way around where it's sort of this rigid, you know, mindset and, and, you know, it's a big part of why I'm even doing this podcast to try and get these messages out there to people that it is okay to think differently or to want different things, or there's no, you know, there's no set formula about how you have to have to go about things. And um, it, yeah, you know, like, cause everyone's different and everyone responds in, you know, different ways to different things and, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm, and I'm sure, you know, like, uh, with your having that, has that given you a lot more freedom, I guess it's probably made you, all of you guys, um, more just comfortable in yourselves and with yeah. expressing and being who you are. Have you seen that help with the acting? Because I know like, um, like I got into acting at quite a late age and the first thing my coach was telling me was you've got to now. Um, if you want to be able to really, you know, because I was like so, you know, um, scared of like getting it wrong or expressing myself. And he was like, you've got to unlearn 20 years of, you know, what's been drummed into you and took such a long time. And I'm sort of getting, you know, sort of gotten closer to that now. But I guess for you, have you found that gave you a lot more freedom to just be able to, you know, express and try things and explore it? I mean, I'm, I'm sure it has. I've actually never thought about that. But I'm sure subconsciously, (laughs) it's been a part of why I like acting and, and like how I go into each character. I'm sure it has, but just in the level of like so many different tactics my parents have probably just who I am as a person. So, yeah, I mean, I think just like you said a second ago, it's each of my siblings too were so free thinkers. I think that's Mm. also because we were homeschooled. I think that's really important because the school system Mm. kind of teaches kids to be like, oh, there's only one answer. There's only one system of doing this. If you find the answer, it still doesn't matter because you didn't do it the way we were trying to teach you. And it's like, oh, well, I guess we're not allowed to think outside of the box. That's like not allowed in any way. And my mom, allowed us to always kind of come to our own conclusions and then she'd be like well that is like a form of the answer and that's interesting that you'd come to that conclusion and so it always taught us that we were allowed to do that and we were allowed to have curiosity but I feel like in the school system Mm. you're not allowed any sort of curiosity it's like oh no there's a very specific way you have to do this and so I feel like that's something that should be I don't know allowed more nowadays 
Oh, massively. Your mum sounds amazing. Um, <laughs> she sounds so cool. You really yeah. appreciate that. Yeah, please tell her. You tell you tell your mum that I'm super impressed. Uh, we need more mums like your mum. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know what you're saying. It's and again, this is another big thing that I talk about in in the men- with my mental health organisation, where doing a lot of pro running a lot of programs in schools and trying to um, work with you know, the message of what you were just saying there, where the school system, it's like very archaic, it's rigid. Um, We're taught in a certain way. And that, that does work for some people, but not for everyone. Um, And, and it is that thing where it's like, okay, if you don't um, learn or, you know, respond to the way we're the format we're giving you, then there's no other option, which doesn't, doesn't work, which I mean, yeah, it's so cool with the homeschooling, like, and, and, you know, a lot of people wouldn't be open to that as well, but I can completely get, what you were saying um, with being homeschooled. Was that sort of a um, just a decision your mum had, had made for you guys, I guess, early on? Or was it because of some of these factors that you were? Um, well, my mom and my dad were bullied in public school and they both came from, my mom was in a Catholic public school and they actually like, they paddled them at the time. And so it was just a terrible experience for her growing up. And she always like had anxiety about schools. And so they both came to a conclusion that they were like, oh, we should homeschool them. And that obviously fell on my mom because my dad works like 24 seven. He was a firefighter and then he went to become a paramedic. And those are both very busy jobs. Mm -hmm. Um, But another aspect that I was thinking is like my sister, my brother, my mom and a couple of my other siblings, I think have ADHD too. And so the, and I have OCD. And so not everyone does learn the same, like you were saying, like maybe it works for a good percentage of people. And that's, that's great also, but for people who also have learning disabilities and it's like, yeah. Oh, you need to be on this medication to make you better. And I'm, and the medication does help sometimes too, but it's not always completely effective. And so there are different methods you have to implement. You can't just say it's a or b you know because that won't work for c for the that type of person and so i don't i don't think that was an aspect of it because she didn't have kids yet but it it just now i appreciate it because my sister just actually got diagnosed and she's like wow i'm actually so grateful i didn't grow in a school and she was like around people i wasn't bullied for it wasn't something i was like super self-conscious about and so she's she's found systems around it too because my mom also grew up with ADHD so it's just been I don't know I don't I'm just feeling more and more grateful talking about this <laughs> but yeah well, it's been yeah. a cool cool thing that I've I've realized pretty recently actually just just from yeah. meeting new people and talking with people about how they grew up yeah well well yeah look thank you for um you know being so open about all of that as well because I think it's like and you know I've got OCD as well and it caused me so many problems growing up because I didn't know why, you know, my mind was operating like that. Didn't know, didn't have the self-awareness. I wasn't, you know, taught um, how to understand it. It was again, that thing of being put in this system and then yeah. being like, hang on, why is my mind? I don't, I'm not thinking the same way as other people and I don't know how right. to control this. And it sort of manifested in, you know, extreme behavior of like wanting to be an athlete and training six hours a day and doing all these different extreme things to try and, you know, calm the mind down. But um it goes back to what you're saying, you know, it's like uh, if we can all be open about these things and understand it and realize that uh, there's so many different ways that people think and different ways to approach it. And there's ways to manage it. uh, People can deal with it and it helps so many, so many people. And often, you know, the people with 
that line of thinking, it, that that different line of thinking actually makes you able to then be more, you know, creative or do yeah. things in like what you're doing, you know, in, in acting and all those sort of areas. And I just think it's so great that you're, you know, you seem so comfortable just talking about these things. I've had, um, I don't know if you know Sarah Jeffrey. She's a Canadian actress that I interviewed on here. She's sort of the lead on Charmed and um, a few other Hello. shows. And she came on, but she, um, the reason I'm bringing that up is she sort of, um talked very openly about how she's got severe OCD and different things and being you know big in the industry she was sort of told don't talk about this stuff because you might it might ruin your they you know casting people might look at you differently or whatever but she's like no I'm not I'm gonna so use unhealthy. my <laughs> so unhealthy and she's like I'm gonna yeah. use my platform to talk about this and it hasn't affected her career at all and I think right. that people have it's evolved enough that you know people understand that it's normal to bloody you know have whatever um but yeah i just find it so yeah inspiring that you know people like yourself can just be um you know comfortable enough and again you know you're how old you're like 19 or 20 like not yeah i mean to be to have the level of like wisdom and um uh self-awareness and just being you know I mean, I obviously don't know you. I'm like interviewing you for the first time, but you seem very comfortable in your own skin, which is like so cool at such a young age. Well, I think it's cool that, I mean, it's not cool for you maybe, but that you have OCD because I don't meet a lot of people with it or I don't know. That's the thing about it is it's not physical. So you can't tell what's what's going through someone's mind at all. And that's been like my one of my biggest obstacles with it in some ways. It's because some people are like, you don't have OCD. Your room isn't even clean. And I'm like, oh my God, please shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's very, very frustrating. But yeah, I think that it's nice to meet people with, with OCD. I don't know. I feel like it's not as common. Yeah, well, it just gives you, you know, it makes it more relatable and makes you realise that it's something, you know, it's a, something that people go through and can deal with. Yeah. And but like you said, you know, Sarah was saying the same thing when I interviewed her. He's really advocating for awareness about it because people will make those passing. You know, we've been shown that OCD means, um, you know, cleaning your hands several times or yeah. like obsessively putting, you know, wanting everything to be clean. But or, right. or you know, people will be like, oh, I'm having an OC, a bit of OCD today, but they don't realise what it actually means. And yeah. it's because, you know, we're not educated on how to understand this stuff. That's very true. Did so, you, yeah. If you're comfortable, did you have any, like, I don't know, what were your, when you were little, like your compulsive things that you did? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm completely, you know, I've just released um, my book where I've, like, talking about a lot of this stuff in it. but So I'm completely comfortable talking about it. But um, for me, it... The, I, I remember it manifested in like um, I would have to like if I, I would have to like tap on things an even number of times and it was always like eight times and it was this compulsion of like if I walk past a door I'd have to tap on it eight times and all these things right. to assure me but the most extreme thing it you know sort of manifested into was um, I wanted to be a professional athlete and was competing in middle distance running and as a 12 year old you know I started training six, seven hours a day. And, um, this just compulsion that I could not explain, but I had to do it. And I felt like right. if I didn't do it. Um, you know, my world would end or it just, there was no logic to it, but it was like just obsessiveness and no, you know, no amount of logic or reasoning could stop it. Um, which I understand it now when I look back, but you know, like manifested in a lot of ways like that as well. Well, it's just emotionally challenging too because you didn't know at the time and you just feel like, like I don't know, it's, 
for me, it just feels like someone's taking over your mind. I used to think because I was Christian, I used to think it was like demon possession. I was like, what is this thing? And I didn't want to talk about it with my mom or anyone. And my mom knew because like you could tell the traits, but I was just like, cause it feels like, I don't know, this weird embarrassing thing because sometimes the thoughts too, you'll have like these, these thoughts that will pop in your mind. And so it's just, I always thought like there was something yeah. wrong with me, but <laughs> now looking back, I'm like, Oh God, that poor child. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it. <laughs> cause you, you don't know at the time, but then you can sort of, and that's the thing. And that's why it needs to be talked about because people then can yeah. learn, okay, you know what, like anything, this, this can be managed and I've just got to yeah. understand, learn to understand myself and what are my triggers and what are, how do I, when I see that a behavior is or a thought process is like, going down because it's like a vicious cycle i guess you get a thought in your mind and then you focus on it and you it, it, the more power you give to it and the more you go on that tangent it becomes like this it builds into this huge thing that then you're like oh my god what the hell i'm like my mind's like imploding now and um oh, exactly. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so it's like understanding that isn't it i had this thing where and this is a more common one but i I, every time I touched something, I would have to wash my hands. And so I got really bad. Right. Eczema. Like my hands were like flaky and gross looking like a lizard scales. Um, but it started with just like, I don't know, being like we were taught, you know, there are germs on things. You should go wash your hands. And then I was like, okay, oh, there are germs. And so then it was like when I would type a letter in the keyboard when I was doing school, I would have to go wash my hands in between each one. And so yeah, it's just yeah. it got like out of hand, but that's just an example of like, it can just take over. Like it'll start with something innocent and small. And then like for other people, it'll be fine. But with people with OCD, it just becomes like this whole, this it just takes over your mind. Exactly. No, absolutely. Exactly. It'll become something, you know, like at the beginning, it's something so trivial that you're like, mm -hmm. hang on. Or before it happens, or when you look back later on, you're like, how yeah. on earth was I obsessing about that? Like what the right. hell? But and, and I always, like, the way I've learned to deal with it is, like, in the moment, even, you know, there's certain things that even now where I'll do and my mind will be, you know, I'll be, like, going crazy and trying to control it or get answers and just, you know, overwhelmed. And then I'll just remind myself, okay, you know what, I felt this way before. Nothing bad's ever happened when I felt this way. I'm just yeah. going to do it anyway and I'm going to accept that I feel bad right now or overwhelmed. <laughs> And then, and then, you know, that sort of already disarms it a little bit. And then you, you know, and then you look back a day or two later and you're like, oh, that wasn't a big deal. Yeah, it's true. I think that's why people are like, oh, you grow out of OCD. I don't think you really do. I think as you get older, you become more logical. And so yep. you realize that OCD isn't logical at all. And like, it's like, wait, why do, why am I doing this? Why do I feel this way? And you'll, you'll analyze more and that way. And that's kind of what crushes it, honestly, because it is all psychological. And so if you're actually analyzing it, you're taking a second, you're thinking about it, then that's of course, what's going to make, oh, I'm not going to obsess over that. It's stupid. I'm just not going to do it. And, but I don't think it ever really goes away. I think it can get like mine will worse yep. than I realize when I'm like anxious about something. So then, or like, I don't know. It honestly, I feel like when I'm hungry, sometimes if I haven't like eaten all day or something, so I guess that leads to like anxiousness and then I'll just like, I'll do something pretty compulsive and I'm like, Oh, why is this manifesting right now? Like what is happening? Yeah. 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 No, definitely. And, and like, I, lo I love what you said there because that applies to, um, you know, to obviously anything in the realm of mental health and just in life in general, we're sort of taught um, again, going back to what you were talking about at the beginning with, how we're sort of educated and taught in school about this conditional thinking and um, to be happy in life, we've got to 
do blah, 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 you know, have a house, get a, go to yep. university, get a job, do, do all these things. That are, and, and, you know, it's looking at it like there's this end point where we become happy, but that's not how life works. It's like you're, if you can't sort of find peace of mind right now, you're not going to find it when whatever else happens in the future and whatever it is we're doing, you know, it's like, it's about doing things daily and managing yourself. Cause it's like saying, um, I, you know, I want to exercise and lose weight and get healthy and, um, you go and do it and then you achieve that goal. And then you're like, okay, you know what? Like I've got to a certain level of fitness now. I'm happy with that. I'm now I never have to exercise again. Then you'll yeah. like lose all of that work. It's like you, you, you have to do it, you know, forever. It's like, it's like anything. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. That's why like, uh, I don't know, depression too. Like just speaking on that a little bit. Um, people are like, well, you can decide to be happy and whatever. And it's like, oh, dang, I never thought of that. I guess it'll go away now. So it's just like when you said mental health, I was like, yeah, that's true. It kind of applies to everything in your life. Like these things don't just disappear. It's something you have to consistently work against. Totally. I agree with you. Yep, exactly. Exactly. It's like, yeah, I didn't, you know, obviously, you know, if someone's like, oh, just try and you should just think positively. So, well, it's not, not, not quite that simple. I've, you know, <laughs> was that easy? I would have, would have done that. <laughs> um, right. So how, how do you, how, um, how, how do you manage the pressure, I guess, of like, and, and th- I think when I first reached out to you, I had started watching away. Um, I love sci-fi and I think that's where I saw it. And I was like, Oh, you know, I was like really impressed with your performance on it. And, um, and I, yeah, and I was like reaching out to so many of I was like, I want to interview, reach out and see if I can do an interview here as well. Um, so, yeah, I thought it was really great performance and um, I, I loved the show. And how, how was that experience for you? And how, you know, how, was that overwhelming and daunting working with Hilary Swank? I mean, such a gigantic actress. Um, I mean, that's, it's crazy. Like, how, how was that for you? Um, it's so funny because I worked with like Nicolas Cage forever when I was little and it's kind of like the same thing. I was just like, I don't know, kind of oblivious, I guess. Like I was like, oh, it's Nicolas Cage, but I've always viewed kind of like an anti-fame person. Mm, (laughs) Like mm. I don't, it's not that I don't like success. I'm very, it's like, oh, that's amazing. I'm happy for you, but it doesn't mean you're a good person and it doesn't mean you're like a kind person in any way. And so I've always been like, oh, well, if it's, if I like working with them, it's because I like working with their character. And I mean, character as a person, not their character character. Yeah. um, yeah, I, I just never really think about like that aspect of, of them. Like I didn't, I knew who she was, of course. So like I'd seen Karate Kid and like I'd seen their stuff and I thought she was obviously incredible. She had won like two Oscars. So I, w- I was excited to go into it knowing that she was going to be very talented. I was like, oh yeah, that's going to be so cool. But like the fame part of it, I never, I don't know. I don't think I will ever get starstruck by anyone just because like, it's just not something I think about. It's not something I value, I guess, as a person. Yeah. But yeah, my dad was like, he was like, oh my God, it's really swing. <laughs> and my mom too, actually, both of them, they were like so excited for me. And I was like, yeah, and I was like, I'm just excited about this character and what we're going to do and stuff. And I was like, I don't, I don't know how to be like <laughs> excited about like someone's fame. I don't know. It's weird, but it's just, it's funny. Cause I get that question all the time. And then sometimes I'll be like, I yeah, imagine, I was yeah. So good. like, I was like, whoa, but I don't know. Just if I'm being honest, it's not like something I'm like, I value that much, I guess. 
Which again, you know, it was like your it's crazy the level of um wisdom or the um mindset that you have at, at your age as well because like especially when we and i guess it probably goes a lot of it goes back to you know how you've grown up like what you're talking about because like in you know this day and age there's so many people that just want to um be famous for the sake of being famous not even for actually like doing anything yeah. um yeah. and i guess social media spurred that things like tiktok where people yeah. are doing putting up any video they can think of to hopefully just get attention from people uh it's so yeah. hard to yeah like hard to manage um that at in 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 this day and age so i guess like um for you is it also you i guess like you were saying you 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 sort of grew up not having a lot of technology is that something mm-hmm. you don't spend a huge amount of time on as well sort of you know social media <laughs> and things like that i try not to but i feel yeah. like i got so bad during covid like, cause we were just indoors all the time. And I was like, Oh, let's go on Instagram. But I find that like, it does affect my mental health a lot. And I don't know. I don't think it's just because like people always say comparison and yeah, sure. I mean, I'm sure. But I think there's also like an aspect of you spend so much time on it. It's just like, you're scrolling, you're scrolling, you're not doing anything. You're not thinking, you're not having a conversation with someone you love. You know, there's nothing you're really gaining from it other than just like, like the occasional meme that'll make you laugh or something, honestly. And so I try not to, but I definitely, I I can't lie, I've been sucked into that void before. But I was just thinking about what you said about social media and TikTok. And I just had a conversation recently with a few people about this. Um, But I like this really stupid analogy. I was playing like Words with Friends. And so you play these stupid games and they give you coins and that's supposed to be like your reward. And then you're using the coins to play the games. So it's just this endless cycle. And I was like, well, what is, what is the point of this game? <laughs> it was like, there's really nothing in it that's like that enjoyable. I don't know why I still play it. Like, it's kind of fun making the words, but it's really not that fun. And then yes, I was thinking, yeah. that's kind of what it's like, like for any sort of fame. I was like, one day people were like, if I win an Oscar. And it's like, well, what? It's, it's like this trophy. Like, I don't really know, like, what are you going to do with it? You're going to bring it home and put it in your closet. Like, <laughs> what do you... <laughs> Yeah. And just be like, what do you hope to gain from that? You think then you'll be like, oh, I'm, I'm happy. I'm, I'm successful. But weren't you successful for making that film and doing a great job in it that you even like honored to to go to that? You know, it's just like, yeah, yeah. it just it just shocks me. Like I went to the MTV Awards and this is probably not very PC, but um, I went <laughs> there and I remember like being so excited, like because I was like, this is a huge award show. And my sister was with me and we were seeing like all these incredible actors and famous people and nothing against them or anything but we were just like wow like there's one person who went up and was like oh like touching the fans hands and like running across and and she was like doing it like she and they were acting like she was a god and it just like really like disturbed yeah. me because i was like yeah. i don't know these fans like i hit that category because i was like i don't know any of these people i don't know what they do they could be doctors they could be bus drivers that you know what i mean they could have like a family of four that they're trying to feed or whatever like i was like and that just because you were successful in this field there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. 
plushcare.com slash weight loss. And you're famous means you're more valuable than them. Like, I don't know. It just weirded me out. It just made me like hate this whole industry sometimes, but I love acting and that's all I want to do. I'm like, I don't, I don't give a crap if I win an Oscar. I really don't care. I don't give a crap if I win anything. I just like want to continue acting. And so that was just something I was thinking about the other day. Thank you for sharing that. And like, I think I need you to, you should take over my podcast. Like you're, <laughs> you're, you're like, I love your mindset. You're like what people need to mentally become. Um, like I, I, it's so, it's so refreshing. Like, hearing it from someone of your age and in the industry. It's like, it's, um, yeah, it's like, and I agree with everything you're saying. It's like a, such a bizarre thing where it's like everyone, you know, no matter what you're achieving, how famous, how rich, whatever, you're, you're a person. Like no yeah, one's, exactly. no one's better. No one's worse. It's just, it's just a person. And it's bizarre that we, you know, look at it that way and, um, you know, have these sort of, uh, views on people or worship certain people and whatever. Right. And it's just like, it, it is like something that um, is, I think a really sad part of how, how societies or Western society is structured where it's like teaching people that, you know, you've got to strive for whatever it is so you can then be happy or then have all of, yep. well, and, and it is, as you were saying before with like the tokens or whatever that um, system was, it's the same sort of, like, it's like a drug. Like if you're striving to, like you're saying, even if it is win an Oscar um, and be famous, okay, when I get that, that'll be enough. You get that, you're like, okay, I need more now. What's something bigger? I need something like right. even, and and it never ends. You can't be happy. Yeah. Whereas like, yeah, it's, so it's so cool. It's like, you just, you know, love what you're doing and try and do that well and enjoy it. And that's it. It's a bit, like, life is simple. Yeah. Simple. People were saying like, when Billie Eilish won like five Grammys, people were like, oh, she's peaked. She's only down here, babe. Like people were saying that shit. And I was like, you you have no clue what she's going to do with the rest of her life. If she decided to never sing again, that doesn't mean she peaked because she exactly. won awards. I was like, it's, it's so, so dumb. Wherever she gains, she couldn't even, maybe she didn't feel that happy that she won those. Maybe she didn't want the awards. You have like no clue. And just to say that because that is what you put your value in doesn't mean that that is what she does and so it just it just bothered me just thinking about that I was like she could she just adopted adopted a dog I know it's way too much about Billie Eilish but she did recently and so yeah. I was like that could be where she gets her happiness and like you know, I don't know. exactly but yeah it's just exactly just, yeah there's a million different things that you know could make someone happy and like yeah. what they're doing publicly is like one small part of their life and yeah. people just hone in on that one thing and and um yeah, I don't know. People, it's crazy that people have that view or, or that, you know, the, the way we're conditioned, you know, people. Yeah. I, and I've even experienced it on a small level. Like in Australia, I've got a bit of a profile and, you know, people have this perception where they're like, oh, my, you know, he's going to be this like really arrogant whatever person. And then I meet them and they're like, oh, my God, I can't believe you like that. I'm like, it's kind of weird that people get shocked if they, like even how I am meeting you, I'm like, oh, this is so cool you like that because so many people are wanting things for the wrong reason or whatever it is, but it shouldn't be a surprise. It should just be normal that, you know, like you would solve so many problems in the world if everyone could just be um, taught to be just, you know, have, and it sounds cheesy, but, you know, more self-love yeah. and being just comfortable with yourself, you, then you don't, you know, like we'll just, yeah, we would solve a lot of problems if, if that could be happen no, on a true. big level. 
And it's sad yeah. that people like expect you to be like rude to them or something. They don't expect like human decency because they're not successful or famous or something. And it's just, it just kind of shows where we are <laughs> right now in society. And it's like, wow, you, you expected me to be rude to you and you were going to be okay with it. You still wanted to meet me. Like, that's just like really, really, really sad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cause it's just, it's yeah, it's crazy. It's so weird. It's a, it's a bizarre thing when you think about it properly. It's not, not natural. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it goes against a lot of things. Um, how, how did you find the whole um, COVID experience and did that, um, <laughs> <laughs> affect a lot of the work you were doing had you yeah what how, how was that for you uh, thank you so much for supporting move your mind we're expanding the offerings of the organization and we're tailoring everything we do to suit you guys and to try and answer to all of your needs and the questions that you send in the book is available globally you can find all of the links at nickbrax.com book and we've just released the move your mind community we've currently got a men's community group a women's community group, a general group. We're going to be lo- loading up other groups and you can find all of the links at moveyourmind.me. This group's been created based on the needs of what we've heard and learnt throughout running Move Your Mind. And we have live events. We've got courses. We've got huge amounts of value, the ability to share information, share ideas, work in groups together to, to grow and share your learnings, to learn about different topics. You get email reminders. There's a whole lot of features in there. We're constantly updating it, and we're so excited to share it with you. You can find all of the information about it at moveyourmind.me. Well, it was, like, fine for, like, I don't know, the first, like, seven or eight months because, like, I love my family, and we all, like, live together. Not all of us, but, like, I have three brothers here, my mom and my dad and my sister and her nieces come in and hang out with us a lot too. So it's like a full house a lot. So it never felt like, like I get where people felt lonely. I didn't feel lonely. If anything, I felt like very crowded most of the time. Yeah. But um, work-wise it was difficult because the industry was put on a hiatus. I'm used to being so busy. Yeah. And so it kind of forced me to look at my life and I was like, no, I don't want to do this. I want to distract myself. <laughs> so that yeah. was like, my only yep. thing where I was like, oh God, for the first time, like since I was like honestly 11 or 12, I've been like, I stopped, you know, I, I was going, going, going. And then I was like, oh, so I had a breather. And that was maybe good, like kind of. I mean, it probably in the future, I'll be like, oh, I'm glad I had that. <laughs> but then, like, it definitely just because I feel like I've struggled with depression for a while. And so I was just like, I'm able to mask it by being busy and by acting because yeah. I love acting. But I was like, during that that space, I was just like, oh, I do not want to deal with these problems. So it was mm, very, mm. yeah, it became hard towards like. The yeah. End. To not be just, yeah. And, and I guess you're on a pretty, you know, a, 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 an amazing projection at, at um, with your career, you know, w- with where you're at. So having to pause and think about things would, um, yeah, be, I guess it, it would be a, a difficult thing. Um, but I, that's the thing it's like sometimes healthy to be able to have that and evaluate right. you know and, and and even be grateful for like wow this is really cool you know what I'm doing and yeah but yeah it's it's always difficult to to have that sort of forced time out um from from everything um what what do you what do you love about acting what would you say like is it that you love about it um gosh like everything because I feel like I did grow up with it so it's like 
uh, and on like trailers being on set just feels like a home to me because I traveled yeah. so much too. So a, a hotels were my home. And um, I just love not being myself. <laughs> I love being yeah. able to get different perspectives through the characters I play and different lives because it's so, I get so much like enjoyment from like, speaking differently and and just like the way people write certain characters of mine and, and they've completely different lifestyles like i've played mm. a girl who was like who had a mom with with um down syndrome and she was raised by her neighbor and it just like it's just completely different and so it just makes me value my life a lot more in some ways too because i'm like oh wow i'm so I'm so blessed you know, I'm, I'm just net, I don't realize until like, I'll step away from something and I'll be like, wow, wow, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I also love like, sorry. <laughs> oh no, 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 please keep going, keep going. Yeah. <laughs> I love, um, I love when I have like a scene partner that like, that loves acting too. That's not just in it, like again, for success or whatever. Cause you can feel that people get tired over time. Like people who've been in the industry for a long period of time, it feels like they're phoning it in to degree and that kind of yeah. sucks because you're like it feels like one-sided but then yeah. when someone is like so passionate about it and they're just there and they're present and they're and then you create like art together that's yeah. like my favorite just like because I'll, I'll rehearse the scene and i'll be like all right i, I think i've got a way i want to do it and then i'll go and set and it'll just completely like alter how i pictured it and it, it'll be like my favorite thing and then when a director's mm -hmm. like really invested too so that's, those are just like some of my favorite aspects. Yeah. Yeah. No, which is so cool. It's like, and, and that's the thing. It's like sort of, um, I guess when you're in a scene, it's like a meditative sort of thing. Like you're not thinking about anything else um, outside of that moment of what you're, what you're creating. And it's, yeah. and it's about, and, and it becomes not about, you know, like what you're saying, not about um, fame or money or whatever. It's just about this, yeah. about this pure thing of like trying to, in in each moment how can i just you know yeah. be honest to what i'm trying to um to the message i'm trying to get across and right. and and yeah but it is a, a cool thing that you get to have that perspective about so many different you know walks of life and then it you can bring that back into your own life to help you evolve as well which it's like yeah, yeah so it's it's such a cool thing uh yeah. so yeah so, thank you uh what do you like about it if i can ask yeah, so I got into it pretty late. Um, I because I've had sort of a yeah pretty varied career. I've like started different businesses, and I was initially doing modelling work. I was on different like TV shows in Australia, and then um, I started doing public speaking and sort of made a career out of that. And got into the acting originally because I was um, from how I'd grown up and different things I'd been through. I was incredibly shy and and you know insecure and struggled to express myself um so I got into the acting initially to help with all of that uh and then I fell in love with it I was like I just I, I was like even if I never get work out of this I just right. want to do it because it was helping me with my speaking and understanding myself and I was like this is and I've always been fascinated it's like why I love this podcast I like just love interviewing and learning about other people and it helps you and it's just so interesting so I was like this is so cool I get to try and understand these different characters and not judge them, but look at, you know, why is this person behaving in that way? And how do I, how can I try and, you know, be 
um, put myself in their shoes and, you know, and, and similar things to what you're saying. I just find um, nothing is more, it's just like this pure thing of, you know, in a lot of work, it becomes about even running my business. It, a lot of it's logistical and you're having to think about, you know, financial things and how do I blah, blah, blah. Whereas acting, it's just like bit, everything else evaporates and you're just there doing this thing for the sake of doing it, yeah. Um, yeah. which I love. But like I got to a point and I'm, yeah, like I was saying, I'm still quite early and I've had a break at the moment because I've been busy with other work, but I, I sort of had that break as well because um I was getting to a point actually when I was living in Vancouver and it was the first time I'd really thrown myself into auditioning um, and I was sort of running my business while auditioning, you know, five, six, seven times a week. Um, and I started sort of not enjoying it because I was like looking at it just purely on, I want to land work and didn't really care about doing it just for, you know, the enjoyment anymore. Um, so I, I found it hard. Like, I think I've now got myself to a point where I'm like found that balance of being able to just enjoy it, not care if I do or don't get work or where it goes. But um, I found that's, been something that I had to sort of navigate because it's it's hard when you you know auditioning's hard and you and then you yeah. it, sometimes you sent like this huge audition a day before and you've got to like be up all night learning it and it's like pressure so it's like trying to navigate r- keeping the joy of actually doing it in in amongst all of that um yeah but anyway that's like sort of what I like about about acting it's maybe listening to you talking about it makes me want to get back into it um get back to auditioning yeah yeah sag after paid me to do that (laughs) what's that (laughs) i said sag after paid me to do that (laughs) yeah (laughs) exactly exactly um but and it's also it's like therapy you know doing it you feel like on a high after it's like so yeah so i do i do miss it i can't wait to get back into it um so anyway, um, we're, yeah, I was going to ask you before, we sort of have a few like closing questions we ask everyone on, on who comes on, but um, do you have any sort of daily things that you do to keep you grounded that, that um, you know, our listeners might be able to sort of take something out of as well? Fight with my wellness family. thing. What's that, sorry? I said fight with my family. <laughs> Fight with well that yeah exactly like fight with your family there you go anyone listening if you're struggling go you do go that yell as much as you can as often go just as can. <laughs> yeah scream at your mum or dad or your siblings <laughs> just fight yeah <laughs> probably it probably is healthy you know you got to like communicate <laughs> um, no it's healthy to a degree yeah. to a degree <laughs> um I, I guess say... act, acting is probably one of them I guess. Definitely, that would be. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if everyone has access to that, but yeah, something that I view as like I don't know if it's like grounding. Yeah, I would say so. It's like going out in, in nature and just kind of being absorbed yeah. in something outside of yourself. So I feel like you can get really in your head and and self focused and and always like just really uh, absorbed <laughs> within your own world that you don't always like that appreciate the things around you so i would say like i don't know if that's like just going on on a hike or just going with like a really pretty hiking trail that's not like hot and terrible around us and there's like a river in it and so just like going and sitting outside and just listening to the sounds around you and like i guess it's kind of like meditating or yoga and just like i don't know just just being around something else and and hearing like the world instead of like 
social media again or, or I don't know, some political <laughs> political exactly. show. Yeah, no, I think it's like such an important one. I actually had this because I'm yeah I'm back in Vancouver at the moment and I'm like so happy here, but I occasionally have these moments where I was like out in nature the other day and I was thinking, I was like, why am I trying to like achieve and do all these different things, which I want to do, but, you know, sometimes I do get caught up in putting that pressure on, um, you know, being anxious or just, you know, focusing yeah. so much on the work side of things. And I was like, hang on this is like costing me nothing just to be in nature. And I don't think there's anything in the world that could actually make me happier. And yes. I've got access, I can do it right now. Um, so it's like reminding yourself that, that you know, the, the really important things that are going to make us happy in life, we can do right now. Or even if you go back to, you know, like the acting, it's like, yeah, hopefully you end up having this huge career and do massive films and, TV shows or whatever, but even if that didn't happen, you can still get the joy out of it by just, you can still do it on any level. Like, and if that's what you really enjoy, then you're able to do it even if you're not getting these huge, huge roles. So it's going simplifying and being like, hang on, do I, which I think is a big problem, you know, with um, how we're conditioned in, in, you know, society, Uh, people are, a lot of people don't, you know, take the time to think, hang on, what are my values? What do I really care about? What makes me happy? What, yeah. um, or, or the simple way to look at it is like, whatever you're doing for a career, do you enjoy the process of what you're doing day to day? If you don't, um, then you maybe should reevaluate things. Cause a lot of people are just grinding themselves into the ground because they want the, whatever that end product is or money or whatever. But aren't, if you're not enjoying the process, you know, like that's time, time's precious. You know, we only have what, what's in front of us right now. So it's like so important. So yeah, anyway, I'm rambling that. there. Yeah. It's a 10 year anniversary of Underbrax and we've relaunched with the classic white pair. We've also got new styles coming out super soon. We're donating a dollar from every pair to mental health, currently to one in five. You can find all of this at www.underbrax.com. Yeah. yeah, no, that's like definitely, I feel like a huge one. <laughs> and another one I would say, maybe like my second one, is there's something I don't know really important to me about like just going to someone you care about it doesn't have to be a sibling I have lots of them so that's easy for me but in just trying to do something for someone else too and just actually being like hey how are you instead of like always expecting people to reach out to you and to coordinate things and or even like I don't know hang out with someone and and it and it's easy to talk about yourself it's like the easiest thing you can do when you're with someone so you have no clue like what's happening with them unless you ask yes and so I just think it's important like if they're going through something or something like buying you don't have to buying them something or doing something nice for somebody else because that is definitely grounding and it allows you to like just realize because this is someone you care about too not and like you can go to someone you don't want to I mean a stranger but like someone you care about who you don't you don't know like 100% what's going on in their life right now and I think that's just something if people did more we Mm. would have a lot healthier relationships yeah oh definitely yeah it's such a good point and you know and not doing it with you know, you're doing it just because you genuinely want to try and be there for someone. You're not doing it because they, they don't owe you anything. If you do it, it's like, I'm doing this just because I'm trying to reach. And if, like you said, if everyone had that mindset, imagine like just how much more, yeah, it would would be such a solve a lot of issues and people would just be able to get that, you know, because I think that's, again, for me, 
Um, I've got like uh, about three, three, probably four people that um, like friends in my life that I can talk to at any, you know, 24 seven and they can do the same for me. And we both know each other inside out. And, you know, then just having that there and being able to like talk to them, ask how are you, how are you going with this? And then the same way around, it just helps massively being able to have that sounding board. So it's like, yeah, it's an important thing. So we finish every episode with these like five questions. So these can be, you know, they don't have to be long answers. They're not going to be, yeah, um, anything too crazy. But, yeah, just like whatever whatever comes to mind, I guess. Um, so it's sort of, uh, yeah, something we've been doing since the beginning of it. But the first one is um, what is the best childhood memory that comes to mind for you? Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> One of the best, yeah. 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 <laughs> I like this one that I always like think of whenever someone asks me this question because um, our, our family likes to reflect on a lot of stuff and, and there's like a lot of bad moments, yeah, but like you can choose to focus on the ones that you're grateful for. And so this one would be um, every summer we had like this huge swimming pool. So we would, and it would, it would get to like 110, like where we grew up. So we would just go and we'd jump in the pool and we'd be swimming for hours. And then my dad would come out and he'd throw popsicles in the pool. And those are just like some of my all time, like favorite memories of just like, and we would like, and some of them would sink. So you'd have to like dive to the bottom and get your favorite one. And like pineapple, there was only like two in the box. You always had to get that one. But that is definitely like one of my like all time. I just remember being like so happy. i love that i love that yeah that's so good and that's why i love like asking that question as well it's like goes back to like a gratitude um of like reminding yourself because like when you ask people you can see like it brings them back into that moment when like Mm -hmm. you know you when you are reminding yourself of what you're grateful for it like just makes you feel good and like you know grounded so it's like Yeah. yeah really cool i like that um what would you say is one of the biggest burdens on mental health in society today oh like we talked about before i just feel like you're just not able to talk about it you're not comfortable and it's easier i feel like for people to talk about it when they're out of it but when you're out of it that's like you've already gotten through the battle and so people who are are still like soaked in whatever they're going through it's just like really hard to be aware of it when you're close to someone and to know what to do and so i feel like the best thing you can do is just have people just be more comfortable speaking up about it through social media too, because that's like the easiest way we communicate nowadays. Yeah. So in that way, maybe a parent can see that and be like, Oh my gosh, my kids have all these symptoms, you know? And so they can find a way to treat it and a way to deal with it in their household. So it doesn't have to be this hush hush subject. And then maybe we'll have less teen suicides to deal with if we were talking about these issues more. Totally. I don't know. I, I really love that answer. And, um, and I think we would, would have, you know, it's, it's a real thing and people, you know, there are suicides from people that are bullied on social media, you know, it's a really, it's a big issue. And um, there's a lot of issues that come from social media, but, and it's not going to go away, but at the same time we can, it's an amazing platform to use for positive things as well. Like we've got this tool here that we can get these messages. Out. And that's why I'm like, got so much admiration for even you coming on here and, you know, being open because people, a lot of people would look up to you. And if they hear you saying these messages, that's going to help people. And, you know, I think it's such, such an important thing. So it's, um, you know, it's a tool that we can use for good as well. Yeah. So, uh, 
Um, do you see things in mental health improving over the next sort of five or 10 years? I really hope so. Yeah. Um, I think it has improved, honestly, a lot. Like in the past couple years, maybe. I don't know. We're at like an all-time high for suicide, so maybe not. But mm. I feel like at least my generation is a lot more like into putting things into categories and diagnosing things, which can be unhealthy, but I feel like it does more good than harm. And I hope that it leads to people actually dealing with their traumas and going to therapy more and finding out yeah. what, why they feel that way and what they're dealing with. I hope that that is just the beginning. It's a stepping stone for what's to come. That would be so, so cool, but it's, impossible to tell because we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow or the next year you know something exactly. else another virus but hopefully not hopefully not but yeah that's what covid's probably taught us that we um you know who knows what's going to happen so it's like sort of <laughs> it's such an extreme thing yeah. yeah uh so two more questions here uh what would you say is your personal definition of happiness Oh my gosh. Um, wow. Uh, I'm thinking of, a, I can't think of the word, but uh, feeling like not greedy. I don't know what the word is for that. Like just feeling con contentment, I would yep. say for me, me personally, just not feeling like there's this endless pit that needs to be like filled. Just feeling, looking at it like a moment in your life that you're like currently in or like, like going to bed and thinking about your day and just feeling content, feeling yes. like, like you're just at a place that you're, you're so happy to be at. That is like my version of, of happiness. If I, if I like one day and I'm going to bed or something and I feel content, then I just, that is like where I want to stay. That's all you can ask for. I, I think that's the best answer because, um, you know, the word happiness, it's like being attached to, um, you know, achieving things or excitement or all mm. these things that they're fleeting, you know, like you, something amazing happens and it's like a drug. It's like, oh my God, this feels so good. And then it wears off. But right. happiness really is exactly what you said. It's that peace of mind. If we yeah. can, we're all going to have ups and downs every day, but underneath that, if we're at peace and just comfortable with who we are and where we're at and, you know, what's happening in life, then you can sort of cope with most things, you know, it's like, that's what, that's where you want to be. If I could be like homeless and content today, I would do that <laughs> and not just be like rich and famous and whatever. Like I and just be like content. Like who would not want that? I don't know. <laughs> God, you're, yeah, I, I, I still can't believe how you're like where your mind is at with how young you are. It's like this. Yeah. Thank you. One of my favorite interviews. Um that's, and that's what I was going to say when you said that, like I've, I've spent some time in like Africa and India and um, it really drummed in what you're saying there because I like, you know, and it's, you go in these local villages where you, these people, like it's sad, you know, they've got like nothing. And for them, if they're able to just get fresh water and food and, you know, in their community and families, just keep each other alive and like just survive. That's that's the the best they can hope for. But you meet these people, and there's you can see when you look in their eyes, they are so happy and present, and it's because they've they don't have you know or they don't have any other options. They can't sit there and think, hey, I wish that I I wonder what career I want to do. I wonder if I want this, or I wish I was more famous, or I wish I could live here. It's like agreed. 
yeah, great. And it's like, cause we've got too much choice. It's like, all I can, all they can think about is how do I look after the people I care about and, you know, keep, stay alive basically. And like, and find joy within all of that. And, you know, I think we can learn so much from, from that because if they can be happy with nothing, surely we can be happy with having a lot more stuff, you know, That's find that way to. Tragically you know. beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's, there's a lot to be learned. Um, so yeah, final question. What would you say is one of the most courageous things you've ever done? God, I don't know if I'm a super courageous person. Um, <laughs> I think there'd be heaps. <laughs> People don't, don't like answering this one. Yeah, I, I may. I need to change the last one, but I'm yeah. But um, I'm sure there's plenty. Oh gosh, maybe I'm just like getting stuck. But um, this is a stupid one. <laughs> but maybe like for the first time going down the freeway, and I have my sister in the car and my nieces maybe that was a pretty stupidly courageous thing to do <laughs> i don't know or That's like nice. going for a night walk by myself as like a five foot one girl maybe that that was courageous <laughs> yeah there you go and i'm sure there's plenty of other ones i mean even from what you've told me in this interview there's plenty but um yeah look i really really appreciate you making the time to do it i'm glad that you know after 12 months of back and forth we got there. This was really enjoyable for me. This was really, really nice. Thank you. For oh, thank you. Thank you. No, it's been, yeah, same same with me. I've been, like, really surprised with how, you know, your view on things and it's such an interesting story and, um, yeah, really appreciate how open you've been and, like I said, please tell your mum that I think she's amazing from what I I've will, heard. We need more. We need to, like, replicate your mum and put more of her out into Just the world. Just add my dad in there so I can show him this clip. <laughs> We need to so we need to clone your mum and dad and just replicate them in the world. We need more more of both of them. Okay. <laughs> um, I'll send that to them. Um, and if people want to like look up, you know, what you're doing and everything, is it best if they just go on your social media or your Instagram? I mean, or if they want to find way. out more about you. Yep. Yeah. I'll, whatever they want. Just my name. There we go. We'll have, yep. I'll have a link Ooh, in my there. Name. Google, Google the name. Well, Talitha, thank you again for doing it. And yeah, really appreciate it. Of course. Thank you so much. Have a nice day, Nick. You too. Hopefully you'll so get much. sleep this time. I'll be having a big sleep this weekend. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thanks to Talitha Bateman for joining me today for Move Your Mind. If you'd like to get the Move Your Mind book, you can go to nickbrax.com book. And if you'd like to join the Move Your Mind community, you can go to moveyourmind.me. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.